Welcome to Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals, hosted by certified financial planners Justin Brownlee and Jared Machen of Brownlee Wealth Management. The only podcast dedicated to those of you in the oil and gas profession to help you optimize investments, lower future taxes, and grow your wealth. Learn more and subscribe today at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Welcome back to another episode of FPOG, the Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals podcast. This week, we're talking about investment fees, what the landscape looks like, what to be aware of, how much are you being charged, and how to delineate the cost versus the value. But before we get started, Justin, I saw an article, CBS News ranked the Woodlands, Texas as the number one place to live in the U.S. Do you think that's too high, too low, or do you think that's just right? You know, it it feels good to be number one. Certainly does. Interesting time to think about that. I have uh, my family and I. We've we've taken four trips in the last five or six weeks, and so I feel like we've we've seen a lot of the woodlands, obviously, as well as then seen a lot of other parts of the country, uh, everywhere from Florida, Arkansas, uh, St. Louis, and and then over to Austin. And you know, I think the the woodlands ranks number one because it's not as if the woodlands has this uh, incredible cool factor right it, it's not as if people are moving to the woodlands because we have mountains and beaches uh because you're going to be sorely disappointed if that's your expectation but practicality the woodlands is almost impossible to beat uh, I, I i think about the morning we had this morning so lauren and i woke up we have coffee um, hang out with our kids and we are a three minute walk from our oldest, uh, son's elementary school. And so we're able to just walk him to kindergarten through this, you know, perfect, uh, path covered and lined in trees. And then I'm a three minute drive to the office. Uh, so the convenience factor is just unbelievable. Um, and, and obviously if you, if you live up here, you, you know, that full well, we could probably never go five minutes away from our house, uh, just because our house is there, our elementary school is there, our preschool is there, the office is here. Um, and I mean, I could probably go, I could probably go a month or two without even getting in a car if I really had to, uh, which is a little bit ironic given that, you know, oil and gas is such a dominant industry here, but it feels good to be number one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure, you know, Texas summers are pretty brutal. So you're about to enter into the three months that make you second guess it. But, you know, one of the things I've said going to Houston regularly is eight months out of the year, it's pretty, pretty rock solid. Uh, so yeah, that was an interesting anecdote and I, uh, good to see it. So let's get into fees. So I think a good, good place to start would be what does the landscape look like? What are all the ways financial advisors are compensated? What's, what's a reasonable fee? The topic of investment fees is really fascinating. Uh, first and foremost, most people have no idea what they're paying. This was one of the biggest things that stood out to me in my career before starting Brownlee Wealth Management. Uh, and it, that that's an interesting place to start right there. We have both had experience at, at a handful of different firms. Um, you have always been on the fee-only side, which is interesting. So you have always worked for firms uh, that have held to the fiduciary standard, uh, build clients in a fee-only manner. I have worked for brokerage firms before. Um, and so, you know, if you go a, a, a decade back and, and spend time at an, at an insurance company, I have seen a lot of different types of fees. And so 
when I think about the types of fees to be aware of, um, I, I think the first thing I'll say is Jason Zweig of the Wall Street Journal uh, had an article, and this is, this is maybe a couple of years old now. Um, we can link to it in the show notes, but fascinating article in the Wall Street Journal, uh, basically covering the different types of fees that you could possibly pay as an investor. And he cited a survey that the SEC did. So Securities and Exchange Commission re- released a survey. This is this is a few years back that they did this survey. Uh, one in five investors in the survey thought that they weren't paying any fees at all. As you can imagine, they they were wrong. Uh, they were very wrong. But twenty percent of investors were under the impression that they weren't paying any fees. On a similar token, 25% in the survey uh, were asked about uh, six different types of fees uh, that you could possibly pay as an investor, and and 25% could not answer on on any of them, any of the six, whether or not they were paying them. Uh, And so what does that tell us? At a high level, very few people really understand the total cost of, of their investments. And if they're working with a financial professional, how that person is compensated, what is the the cost? What is the compensation? Uh, and so there's just so much that goes into that question. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, Wall Street has low levels of trust, I think partially because of the opaque nature of this, trying to discern this and figure out and understanding that there are six different types of fees that you could pay doesn't make it sensible. And I think, you know, there's a lot of work to be done in education and making sure that that people are getting a good value relative uh, to what they're paying. So you touched on a couple of things. So you talked about brokerage uh, and then fee only. So, you know, if you're looking for an investment advice and have a trusted professional in your corner, what types of fees are you going to be paying and how are uh, the advisors going to be compensated? Yeah, I think it's helpful to uh, first just give a quick definition. Uh, we will do an entire podcast, probably multiple, on this topic at some point. Uh, but when we say fee only, what that means is by being a fee only firm, that means that the investment firm, the investment advisor that you're taking advice from, uh, does not have the ability to receive commissions or kickbacks. And so that just means that if a firm is fee only, they are only getting paid by the clients they serve. That is a good thing. That is a very good thing. If a firm is fee-based, that is not good. Uh, Fee-based or brokerage, that just means that there are commissions and kickbacks that enter into the equation. Uh, So really quick example, Um, I'm guessing, I'd I'd be interested to hear from your perspective. You've worked with with multiple firms. What's been the typical fee structure? Is it 1% a year? Even there, so assets under management is is what you'll see with a lot of fee-only firms. Well, they will charge a percentage point based on the assets we've that are managed. So I've seen a couple different implementations of that. They'll usually start it at a certain percentage. And as your assets move up, the the additional fee will go down. Uh, but another format I've seen is charging different amounts for managing of equities versus bonds. And so there's a wide, wide variety. And even for people who are managing assets and, and charging based on the percentage of assets manages, those percentages, depending on how much money they have with the firm 
or what they're invested in can vary wildly. So I've, I've seen it a bunch of different ways. Absolutely. And so you, you've been in firms that have charged AUM, uh, so typically 1% of your assets. But back to the broker fee-based fee-only, so if you're a fee-only firm, that 1% that the firm is charging you, that's the only way that advisor is getting paid. That's the only way the firm is making money. Why is that such a good thing? Um, well, it's, it's a big deal because if you're with a fee-based firm or a brokerage firm, they can charge you 1%. But then the firm can receive kickbacks from mutual fund companies for putting you in specific funds that pay them larger commissions or kickbacks. And so you might be paying 1% to the advisor, but the advisor has a big incentive to put you in mutual funds that might charge an additional 0.5 to 1% per year. Uh, and why would they take your money? Why would they take their client's money and put them in a mutual fund that charges 0.5 or 1% a year instead of a lower cost fund that could be 0.1 or, or less? Well, the mutual fund company with the more expensive fund is paying that investment company to put their client's money in that specific fund or family of mutual funds. And so it's important to understand that you, you can have a 1% fee, you can, uh, you can pay that, but you could very well have very expensive expense ratios in your portfolio in addition to the 1% fee uh, based on is your advisor, is your company receiving kickbacks and commissions of any kind? Yeah, and that's and that's why it's so murky because you know you may see an investment management fee, but that also doesn't include the expense ratios of the underlying funds you're purchasing. It also doesn't include transaction fees or any loads that the advisor may be getting compensated if they're pushing a product. So your all-in fee could quickly quickly spiral out of control if you're not careful and you're not diligent in, in paying attention to that. So. This podcast is about oil and gas professionals specifically. So how does this fit into, you know, an oil and gas professional and why, why does it matter to them and what should they look out for? You know, I think this is a, a topic that is, is serious for everyone. You need to understand what types of fees are you paying uh, in your investments, but it affects oil and gas retirees to a much greater uh, extent because of the sheer size of assets that you're typically looking at. Um, during, during our first podcast, we talked about the, uh, just the reasons why financial planning is unique to, to oil and gas retirees. And specifically, if you're retiring from one of the, you know, five or 10 or 15 largest oil and gas companies. And the reason for that is you have a typical employer match, pension, stock plan. Your employer benefits are substantially larger than, than most other industries. Um, so you're not getting a 3% 401k match. You're getting substantially more. You're typically seeing an 8 10% match, maybe a profit sharing component, plus a pension, plus maybe an, a, a, an equity compensation plan in addition to those things. And so that just means that it's very possible to get to retirement age with a lot more assets than, than other retirees from other industries. Um, and so simply put, the vast majority of investment firms charge a percentage of assets. And so if you are going to be charged 1% on your money to have a professional manage it, well, 1% is not the end of the world if you have $500,000. Uh, and it's obviously pretty incredible if you have $50,000. Now, as you'll find out, most firms have minimums uh, for that reason. Um, and so if a firm charges 1% a year, a, a, a large portion of them have a 500 or a $1 million minimum. Um, 
But if you have 500,000 or if you have a million and you're paying 1% a year, that's one thing. And, and that's a that's a noticeable fee, right? 1% of 1 million is $10,000 a year. That's, that's, that's noticeable. But if you have 3 million, 5 million, 7 million, uh, you're likely going to get some sort of a, a fee break on the percentage. But we are still talking about tens of thousands of dollars a year. We're still talking about what is likely the most expensive item in your family's budget every year. And a lot of people don't even understand that that's what they're paying. Uh, a lot of oil and gas retirees are paying 40, 50, 60,000 a year in all in costs. And I I've seen it substantially higher too. Um, I I've seen several families that are paying upwards of a hundred thousand a year. Which is mind-boggling that some people can be paying that much and have little understanding that that's as much as they're paying. I think it's a good point to to call out here that you know there's a bunch of different fee structures, but uh, we like you know assets under management is a lot of what a lot of fee-only fiduciaries do, but that's not without its conflicts either. Um, so, for example, if I, if I'm charging assets under management and you come to me with the idea of paying off your mortgage, which is maybe a great decision for you and your family, free enough mind share to do whatever, you know, have the financial flexibility, have no debt. So your cost of living is lower and maybe, maybe a great decision in light of what you want as a family. But I, I have to choose to put you before me and, and my compensation will drop by encouraging you to do that thing. So hopefully most fee-only fiduciaries, since they're legally obligated to do that, would in fact, you know, yield to that since that's in it makes the most sense for the client, but they are going to take a reduced uh, reduced fee because their ass assets that they manage are going to go down because that's what they're going to use to fund uh, the mortgage payoff. Absolutely. Or let's take that example to to uh, another extent. What if what if there is a a client who wants to purchase several other real estate properties? And they they have experience in real estate. They're they're able to do that and and manage uh, and run a real estate portfolio on their own. That's a fantastic investment if it is done and managed well, right? Um, if you're able to buy multiple properties and you're able to get financing and use leverage to do so, and if you manage them well, that's a fantastic way to build wealth. Well, if you're paying 1% a year, Jared, just like you alluded to, the investment advisor has a pretty big incentive to to give you advice to not do that um, because that is a direct that is a direct attack on that firm's uh, revenue. Yeah, so how do you determine what what it's worth, right? What, what should a person pay? What's a reasonable amount of money? Because I'm sure some of our listeners heard 40 to... $40,000 a year and they, you know, they threw their hands up and like, I'm never going to pay an advisor. I'm never going to do that. But how do you determine what a good advisor is worth and what a reasonable fee is? You know, I think the first part of that question is understanding conflicts of interest. So, uh, and, and there's two parts, understanding conflicts of interest. And then there is just a, a more direct answer. Uh, and that is what am I getting for the fee that I'm paying? Um, and maybe just as important, what am I not getting for the fee that I'm paying? And so thinking about the conflict of interest question, uh, one type of fee that we haven't even brought up is annuities. Um, and so when you think about insurance products, whether it's whole life insurance or annuities or term life insurance, that's a completely different can of worms that, that also has to be discussed. 
about 90 to 98 percent and and there's a range there because there's there's several different ways to look at study and uh, there's a huge movement of of financial advisors becoming fee only fiduciaries and leaving their broker or hybrid firm uh, so about 90 to 98 percent of advisors are not fee only uh, so they are in a hybrid firm they're in a brokerage firm and they uh, receive they can receive commissions and kickbacks for products they sell and so we've talked a lot about a lot about AUM and, and typical you know you have a two million dollar portfolio a four million dollar portfolio and here's the fee that you're paying it's important to, to also notice and, and understand be aware that if you are are working with an insurance broker uh, that is a completely different, very opaque, sometimes very confusing fee structure. Uh, and so annuity fees can can be can present themselves in a couple of different ways. Very common to see annual fees tied to annuities. And there's about four or five different types of fees that, that you encounter uh, with an annuity. Very common to see all-in fees of 2 3 4% per year. I have seen countless uh, examples of families that purchased an annuity uh, from from another company, and their all-in fee is three and a half percent per year, uh, which is which is truly um, unfathomable. Even if it is a five hundred thousand dollar annuity, uh, you are just looking at an annual fee of of nearly twenty thousand dollars a year uh, in that in that example, just on the annuity, not counting fees on your other assets that are not in the annuity. And so I bring that up because the first the first thing to understand with fees is what types of conflicts of interest are there uh, with the advice that you're getting. And just like we mentioned at the beginning, uh, significant conflicts uh, can, can arise depending on whether the advice you're getting is fee only or whether it's coming from a brokerage firm, fee-based firm. And even with the fee only, as if you're listening to this, you you're, can likely tell that we are big fans of fee only. Um, I would never send my parents to an advisor that is not fee only. Uh, I would never send a, a friend or family member to a fee-based brokerage-based advisor because the conflict of interest uh, topic has to be, that has to be understood and addressed first. Uh, that's a simple prerequisite. If you're going to pay for professional advice, you should get it from someone who has less conflicts of interest. You know, I think a great way to frame that is that the typical setup of the 90 to 98 percent of advisors that are brokerage or hybrid so not fee only the typical setup it's as if you're going to a lexus car dealership and you're expecting you're 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 thinking that that car salesman at the lexus dealership is going to give you an unbiased opinion and let you know about the 10 other car companies that you could possibly purchase a car from uh, as we both know, if you're working with a car salesman from a specific dealership, they have no obligation to do that for you. Uh, that, that's your job as a consumer to look out for that. Uh, the car salesman at the Lexus dealership has has one idea in mind, and that is to sell you a Lexus. Uh, that is how he gets paid or she gets paid. That is how the transaction works. Now, to make that example a little bit a little bit more powerful, in our industry. Uh, you actually can have advice from a, a you'd say car salesman in, in, in air quotes uh, that has no loyalty or obligation to any specific car company, but instead is simply going to understand your situation, uh, understand your go your goals, what you're trying to accomplish, and instead 
advise you on the car that's best for you and best to accomplish those goals. And so it's as if in, in this industry, if you're working with a broker or hybrid advisor uh, in almost any nationwide firm that you've heard of is a broker uh, that is not fee only and not obligated to act as a fiduciary at all times with all of your accounts. And so if you're in that scenario, uh, it's important to understand that that's the type of setup you're in. You're thinking you're getting unbiased professional advice. In reality, you're at a Lexus dealership and you're asking the Lexus car salesman whether or not you should buy a Honda, Toyota, Acura, or Lexus. And what do you think their answer is going to be? And that Lexus. So how much is a good advisor worth? And I think this kind of gets gets on another question. It's kind of the, the connection of, of cost versus value, right? Because with us, it's easy to quantify is, is something worth it? An easy way to quantify that is the value you received greater than the cost. And there's a Vanguard study, we'll link to it in the show notes, that's estimated that you know a, a good advisor providing comprehensive advice could be worth up to 3% a year. So it can, even the most expensive advisors, the great, uh, the benefits could outweigh the cost. But, you know, as we're thinking about how much to pay and what type of services I should be expecting, and I'm trying to get a, get a feel for what's a reasonable fee. You, you have any thoughts for our listeners or, or services that you think should be included if if some if you're paying somebody twenty thirty thousand dollars a year a reasonable fee for investment advice is is first and foremost if it is just investment advice if you are simply looking for someone to manage your assets in a in a in a good portfolio you should be looking in the ballpark of of 0.3 maybe 0.4 percent per year um, of your assets. So again, if you have a, let's just say you have a $2 million account and you are just wanting it to be invested and diversified and maintained, uh, rebalanced and, and have professional eyes on it, uh, you should be paying somewhere in the magnitude of 0.3% give or take per year. So on $2 million, what is 0.3%? Um, well, we're looking at about $6,000 a year. And that is just for investment management. Uh, that does not include any uh, tax planning, tax advice, estate planning, coordinating wills and trusts within uh, your greater financial plan. That does not include any insurance analysis um, or shopping for home and auto to ensure you have appropriate coverage and, and potentially lower your premiums there. It uh, doesn't include um, reviewing your tax return, mapping out Roth conversions, uh, and all of those other items. Now, the interesting thing is uh, with financial advice, those items that I just mentioned are, are really substantially more valuable than, than investment management. So where did I get that number, 0.3%? Well, that's about what Vanguard will charge you. And why do I bring up Vanguard? Vanguard is a world-class company. Uh, I'm a huge fan of their work and uh, what they've done uh, for this industry. But Vanguard is going to charge that, and you are going to get a certified financial planner professional uh, to work with. You're going to be working with a CFP. It is going to be over the phone, so there's not Vanguard does not have uh, in-person offices all over the country. Um, so you're not going to have a uh, relationship down the street that's local. Uh, but at Vanguard, you're going to have a CFP over the phone. They're going to build you a great portfolio uh, with low-cost um, funds in them. And, and so it, it's, it's an excellent way to go about getting your investments managed. But 
Vanguard is not going to review your tax return. Uh, they're not going to uh, tell you that, yeah, you should probably can you should probably execute a $228,000 Roth conversion because at that number, it's going to uh, not affect your Medicare premiums two years from now. It's going to uh, also not affect the capital gains tax because we're not going to incur any, any other capital gains because we have to watch out for the net investment income tax, 3.8% uh, fee there. And so they're not going to go into the weeds of the tax brackets and the tax impact. And they're not going to uh, go with you to, to talk with an estate planning attorney or map out your, your will or trust and do some significant beneficiary planning. But they are going to manage your assets. And that's a fair price. And so I bring that up just because most firms are, are going to charge 1% a year. And again, let's say you have $4 million, you're probably going to get a discount. Uh, there's industry studies on this, which we'll link in the show notes. And uh, those industry studies suggest that uh, at, at three to four million, you're typically looking at 0.8% per year instead of 1%. So if you have four million, you might be paying 32,000 a year instead of 40,000. Uh, but again, what are you getting for that? Uh, I actually think it's okay to pay 32,000 a year. Um, I don't think that's the end of the world, but I think they should probably be doing your tax return at that fee. Uh, you should have a CPA uh, that, that, that the firm is connected to that is doing your tax return at no extra charge, really. Um, and you should probably have that tax return reviewed. The CPA and the uh, CFPs on the investment advisory team should be in communication. There should be extensive strategies uh, being deployed to lower future taxes. Uh, there should be a great deal of coordination between your estate plans, your insurance policies, your investment accounts. Uh, there should be a lot going on. Uh, most of the items pertaining to your financial life should be taken care of if that's your fee. And so to contrast, if you're simply getting your portfolio managed and you're paying a company 32000 a year to pick a list of mutual funds for you to invest in, and that's by and large the extent of it, maybe they'll show you a uh, analysis on whether or not you can retire, um, which really isn't worth a whole lot. Uh, you can you can really find excellent tools online to do that yourself even. Um, if that's all you're getting, that's not enough. Uh, you are overpaying and you should likely go to Vanguard and pay them 0.3% a year instead of 0.8% per year. Um, and so what would you add to that, Jared? No, I mean, that's that's all great, right? I think I totally agree. Uh, focusing on value and some of the ancillary, like I would use coordination as a word that keeps coming to my mind of coordinating your entire financial life, centralizing your documents, your balance sheet, uh, analyzing you know your insurance and things like that and making sure it's all consistent with your wishes, desires, and goals. And then having a planner that's proactive and not you know, you're not having to ask them for ideas. They're coming to you with ideas to to make your financial life more efficient or, or your investments more tax efficient or to take advantage of a tax optimization strategy. So, you know, if, if you're paying that much, you should have a proactive professional in your corner coming to you with great ideas. I love that. I've got to jump in real quick. So I think if you're assessing value versus cost, uh, one of the biggest things to assess right there is have there been significant amounts of proactive planning? If you're if you're working with a professional, uh, have they brought up uh, endless ideas for for ways that you can coordinate your estate plan, uh, save on your insurance, uh, lower future taxes? Has there been proactive 
ideas with, that pertain to your financial life. So proactive versus reactive is, is probably a, a terrific question. The other question to, to determine, should you be, be paying 1%, 0.8%, or should you be paying much less at a Vanguard is really pretty simple. It's black and white, and it will immediately tell you whether or not this happened. And that question is, uh, did your advisor ask for your tax return? last year, this year, every year, had your advisor asked to see your tax return? Have they reviewed it? Uh, if you are giving professional financial advice, I have no idea how you could possibly do that without seeing the client's tax return. I don't think it's even possible. Uh, so I think that's also a fantastic litmus test. In addition to, is it proactive or reactive advice? Uh, a great way to understand, am I, am I really getting value above and beyond what I could get at Vanguard is did your advisor, did your, did your firm ask to see your tax return each year? Yeah, absolutely. And to wrap up, I think, I think it's important to, to put a bow on this that we talk about our fee model because we've kind of thought through a lot of this and we built our fee structure with the oil and gas professional in mind. And I feel like it's pretty unique for the space and we feel like it's a good value. So if you want to just wrap up by talking a little bit about how we bill uh, the the net worth retainer, how we arrived at that, and and why we're excited about it, and think it's a good fit for oil and gas professionals. Absolutely. Uh, so understanding the total cost of of the fees that you're paying is critical. Uh, so one reason we do uh, a simple investment, uh, a, a flat annual investment fee, is because one, I want every family we serve to understand exactly what they're paying. Uh, so I want them to look at our simple solutions and pricing page when they're deciding to become a client and they're going to see, uh, we're charging 15,000 a year, 20,000 a year, or 10,000 a year, depending on the total assets that, that we're looking at there. I want families to understand exactly what they're paying. I want there to be transparency so much so that I, I want every quarter that goes by. So we send clients an invoice every quarter and with our fee structure, it's so simple. So you're going to see that annual fee divided by four is the quarterly fee. And you're going to be able to ask the question, am I receiving more value than this fee that I'm paying? Um, so back to that wall street journal article that we mentioned at the beginning, uh, most, or, or not necessarily most, I, will, I would say this, most people do not understand exactly what they're paying. Uh, and a surprising number of people either think they're paying nothing or have no idea uh, and could not tell you what they're paying. We are not okay with that. Every family we serve, we want them to know this is exactly what you're paying. And there is no surrender charge. There is no contract. If there is every quarter where you determine that I did not receive more value than this fee, then we're able to part ways as friends. And there's, there's no, there's no pullback there. Now, I think the, the other component of this is just, uh, understanding the, the value component, simply look at investment advice in two camps. And this, this is a really helpful mental model. It's a helpful way to frame investment advice. Investment advice is either DIY and, and low cost. I would put Vanguard in that DIY low cost option. Um, it's not purely DIY uh, because they are going to manage your portfolio for that 0.3% fee or I, it's somewhere around there. But they're not going to do a whole lot of tax planning, estate planning, and, and all of the other critical items of your financial life. So you have DIY. You have low cost. That's on one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum is full service. Uh, so full service, 
not only managing your portfolio, but also mapping out uh, retirement income, mapping out your Medicare premiums, reviewing your tax return, uh, social security strategy, um, navigating capital gains and, and trying to, to find ways to, to pay a lower capital gains tax rate on your non-retirement assets, uh, mapping out Roth conversions, uh, coordinating your estate plan, your insurance policies, all of those items. And you know, there's a laundry list of things you can do to, to add value to someone's financial life. A full service firm is doing all of those things. A DIY, uh, a, a low cost option is, is, a, is a firm that's not doing those things. And so Vanguard's in that low cost option. And again, I think Vanguard is an incredible company. Uh, so the first way to think about this is which model are you looking for? Are you looking for low cost um, or are you looking for full service? One way that I would describe our fees is we are certainly not the most expensive uh, because we were able to offer what we would call group pricing. So if you work at a tremendously large company, you, you pay a lot less in, in health insurance uh, because you have a huge company with a lot of employees and you, you have some group pricing in effect there. Uh, we're able to do that exact same thing. 90% uh, of our clients come from the oil and gas industry. And so the average net worth of our clients is substantially higher than most firms. Uh, and so we're able to offer uh, a, a much lower cost situation there, but we're still, we're still very expensive. And so we're, we're not the low cost option. Um, I, our, our median annual fee is, is in the five figures annually. And so when you think about that, that's the mental framework to approach this with. Am I looking for low cost? Am I looking for Vanguard? Or am I looking for full service? Now, the difficult thing is there are a lot of investors out there that are paying for full service. They're paying 30, 40, 50,000 a year or more, but they're really getting basically what they could get at Vanguard. Um, and they're really getting a low cost value proposition. Um, and so I think that's the, the framework to understand. You should know exactly what you're paying every year in total investment fees. And you should know what exactly am I getting for that? Is there proactive planning or is it reactive planning? Is it, is it a situation where they're reviewing my tax return or have they never asked for my tax return? Uh, have we discussed ways to lower my Medicare premiums or not? Um, and so I think that's the, that's, that's such a helpful way to look at this conversation. Know the fees you're paying and also know which type of model you need. Um, as your assets grow, you typically need more of a full service as you have more tax liabilities, as you have more estate planning complexity, you typically need more full service. Uh, but just understand what am I getting? What the fee that I'm paying, what exactly am I getting for that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, costs matter, but value is exponentially more important. So I think that framework is helpful. What am I getting versus what am I paying? So uh, that was just a primer. Uh, I encourage everyone who listened to go look and see see what you're paying if you don't know or begin to do researches to the various options out there. We'll link to all the resources we talked about in the show notes uh, and another piece we wrote about our fee schedule and, and why we think it's great for oil and gas professionals. But uh, Oh, that yeah, that we'll definitely link to that blog in the show notes. I think in that blog, we actually have a case study of uh, not just what, what we would charge and what the typical industry average fee would charge, but we also have the uh, compound interest effect of fees. Uh, so in that blog, we do a case study where we look at not just what is the fee that you're paying this year, but if you're a $3 million client that's paying 27000 a year in fees, 
Well, if you could pay $15,000 a year in fees, it's not just a $12,000 savings each year. It's the fact that that's $12,000 that's not being invested. And so compound interest works really well in the positive sense, but compound interest also works in the negative sense, in the taxes that you're paying and in the fees that you're paying. Um, and so we, we do a little case study that maps out the potential lifetime savings of, of a, a fee differential over a 20, 30 year period. Yeah. Those numbers matter. So it's important that you know, uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can subscribe or connect with us at brownleewealthmanagement.com or send ideas for future episodes to podcast at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing discussed during this show or episode should be viewed as investment, legal, and tax advice. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please consult the appropriate qualified professional.